Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. You guys good? Hey, my name's Adam, and welcome to Christ Church. We're so glad that you're here. We are in a series called Family Portrait. We've been going through what does it mean to be a family? What does it mean to be a family of God? And there's three areas that we've been talking about this whole semester. First area is this. We need to embrace the gospel. We want to know Jesus. That's, the, that's why we're here. I mean, there's no, there's no qualms about it. I'm not going to apologize for it. The reason why we come here week on, week out is to know who Jesus is. And so to know who Jesus is, we need to know what the gospel story is. And so we talked about being accepted being adopted, and having assurance in Jesus Christ. We're adopted by the Father, we're accepted as we are, and we have assurance in the hope of Jesus Christ, of what he's done and what we get to live into. And then we talked about, so we talked about embracing the gospel, and then we talked about the embodying the fullness of Christ. And so we talked about being sent, being on mission. What does it mean to embody the fullness? What does it mean to be kingdom workers? Kingdom workers speak like the king. Kingdom workers are shaped by their king. And kingdom workers are sent by their king. Tonight, we conclude this semester with this last section, talking about experiencing the kingdom. What does it mean to be in right relationship with one another? And we're going to talk about this in the context of what is the church. If you guys come to Sunday morning services here at Christ Church, this last semester, we, or this last series that we did, we talked about answering the question, why church? And so maybe for you, why, why do we come here? Why is this a, an important thing that we're a part of? I don't know, maybe take a moment, answer that question. Turn to somebody right now. Just say, what, say the reason why. Why you come to church? Go ahead. So we all have different answers, right, of why we come to this place. If you were to ask me at 16 years old, I would have a different answer at 16 than I would today. Why church would be something of, um, something of a, a mandatory or something that I needed to do, right? Something that I was required to do. But tonight we're going to talk about three areas that we all deal with on a regular basis. Three areas that I dealt with on a regular basis. These three areas are prominent in all of our lives. And that is this, doubt, problems, and sin. Doubt, problems, and sin. And the thing that I want you to hear tonight, above anything, is the fact that the church is an invincible force. Or in other words, the church is an unstoppable force. Let's read that passage that we read earlier, and let's get some framework, some background to why this is really important. The words that we read earlier, it's not of man, but it's of God. And if it's of God, then it's unstoppable. So Peter is before the Sanhedrin, the same people that killed Jesus, okay? And it says this, the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. In this name, 
Uh, that is Jesus, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined and are ter- determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Speaking of Jesus. So the same people that killed Jesus are the same people that are putting Peter under this pressure, right? And saying, yo, what you're doing is uncalled for. So Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. So here's the thing, that when he says the God of our ancestors, he's saying that the God that you worship, the God, because the Sanhedrin understands Yahweh. They understand the God of the Old Testament. And so Peter's saying, hey, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same God that you worship. That's in your court, okay? So it goes on to say this. Uh, Whom you killed by hanging him on the cross, God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel a teacher of the law was, who was honored by all the people. He was a stud of the studs. He was the best of the best. He was actually regarded as the most prominent rabbi in Jerusalem at this time. And so he is a well-respected man that's coming in and saying, yo, stop this. All right? And he, said, uh, he stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men uh, to be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, men of Israel, Consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, uh, Theodos appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. And so there's people before Jesus that said that they were the Messiah. I mean, everybody knew in Jerusalem, everybody knew in Israel that this was coming. The Old Testament prophets, everybody, everything, all history pointed to this one point in our human history. So everybody knew the anticipation of the Messiah. And so people proclaimed to be the Messiah, but guess what happened? What did it say? Nothing came from it. Goes on and says, um, After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all of his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you. This is a wise man. In the present case, I advise you. uh, Where am I? Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them, and they called in the apostles and had them flogged. They were ordered them. They ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. They have them. This guy Gamaliel stands up before the Sanhedrin and says these words that are so powerful and so potent for us today. He says that if this is of man, it will fail. But if this is of God, you better watch out. How many times have we looked at the church and we thought so little of the church? We thought, man, this is not, what am I doing? What, am I really going to be here and come and just sing and be a part of something that so, seems so small? 
But the reality is that we're a part of thousands of years of history, almost 2,000 years of the church being prominent force, an invincible force, not just today, but for centuries. So powerful is beyond words or imagine, or imagination. And so we sit there today and we have to ask this question, why church? You know, for me, when I asked that question, again, the three things that came to mind were doubt, sin, and problems. Doubt, problems, and sin. You know, for me, doubt was a big thing. I think I mentioned this before, but when I, when I first started going to church, doubt was the preacher standing up and saying that he had an affair with the secretary. Man, is this really what I want to be a part of? Doubt for me was switching churches because of the beliefs that the other church had. And my dad said, you know, we, we don't believe in that anymore. How, how can there be turmoil among us? You guys been there? Man, how, how, how are we fighting against one another? I thought we were on the same team. I don't get that. Doubt for me was, man, is Jesus really the only way? All these other religions, all these other beliefs, all these other friends that I have that are good people, is it really tr true that they're going some other place than me because I believe in Jesus? You know, doubt for me was a lot of things. And so often in my life, I didn't believe that the church was big enough. That ch the church was bigger than my doubt. But the truth of the matter is, the church is pretty big. And the church is bigger than our doubt. You may be hanging on to it right now. And you may be saying, you know what? My doubt is real, and my doubt is uncomfortable to me. But guys, the church is bigger than our doubt. You know, you may be saying, though, I have a lot of problems. Life, life presents a lot of problems. You know, for me, man, the death of one of my good friends in high school, a kid that I went to youth group with, I sat right beside. There's a lot of problems. You know, maybe for you, you lost a, a loved one. And all of a sudden, you start to blame other people. But why church? Because God. God is bigger. It's not just the church, guys. It's God who is the church. Christ, who is the head of the church. The church is bigger than our problems. You know, but so often, a loved one passes away, or a parent's divorce, or there's constant fighting in the home. And problem after problem after problem, circumstance after circumstance, situation after situation, we find ourselves thinking, you know what, the, ch the church is just not big enough. The church can't handle it. You know, and there's things that we just can't explain. 
You know, you may be thinking right now, man, my, my dad lost his job again. Or my mom's working two or three jobs just to make ends meet. I don't know if the church is bigger than these problems. Or you may be sitting on a lot of affluence. And you may be thinking, man, I got this under control. The church, I don't need it. And the church doesn't need me. We have a lot of things that go on in life, right? We got a lot of problems, things that happen. Things that are not necessarily sin, but things that, you know, we just, we just feel like we're alone in. And I just don't know if the church is bigger than this. And this may be huge. It may be one of those things where it's like, you know what? I just don't think the church can handle it. But guess what? The church is bigger than our problems. And this one. This might be the biggest one of all. I actually know that some of you feel really uncomfortable being here tonight. You feel really uncomfortable sitting in the seat that you're sitting in. And you're saying, you know what? The reason why I feel uncomfortable is the fact that sin in my life is weighing me down. The things that I'm looking at on a constant, consistent basis, the things that I'm saying, the things that I'm doing, sin is weighing me down. I remember, <laughs> my mom listens to the podcast, so I gotta be careful what I say. Um. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to fit in, you know? I mean, I, I think we're all there. Like, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you have a lot of Christian friends. I mean, you all come here, right? And you do the same stupid stuff. And it's, it's, more, it's not the problems, right? The problems are the circumstances. The problems are the hypocrisy that happens. But it starts to bleed over into the hypocrisy is really the sin in our lives. And I, you know, I'd go to church every Sunday. And I'd sit there and I'd think, man, this is, this is too big, man. The stuff I do week in and week out, Monday through Saturday, it's... The church can't, can't handle that. And so what do we do? And we're going to talk a lot about this next week. So I just want to touch on it. We can wallow in our sorrow. And we can say, you know what? The church isn't big enough. And so I'm going to hide it. I'm going to fake it till I make it. And I'm going to... You know, for me, it was come to church on Sunday, hungover or stammering in the hallways of the church because I partied, you know, the night before, and, and I just wanted to be like everybody else. But my sin has had a huge weight. It has a huge weight. I mean, I like to say that I'm perfect, but I, I'm not. And so consistently I'm submitting myself to people that 
or older and wiser that I'm able to say, you know what? The church is bigger than my sin. When are we as a church going to be able to look at doubt, going to be able to look at our problems and say, you know what? The church is bigger than that. And we're confident in that. Not because of ourselves, but because of the fact that because God, because God was and is and is to come, because Christ is the head of the church, because what we believe in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead is how we live into forgiveness of our doubts and our problems and our sins, is how we're able to rely on one another and say, you know what? Our sin doesn't matter. Our problems don't matter. Our doubts don't matter. The church is big enough. When can we be brave like we just sang? And say, you know what? I want to confidently stand in this church, not because of what I've done, but because what Christ has, has done and will continue to do. And I want to lock arms with one another as we did at MOVE and say, you know what? I have your back. The church is bigger When we can scream and yell and say it to the top of our lungs, you know what? You've got to be a part of this. You want to be a part of this. Because the church is bigger. It's bigger. And the beauty of it all, the beauty of it all, is it's not what we have done, but what Christ continues to do. And for thousands of years, the church utters the same phrases, goes through the same stuff that we deal with today, and stands on the truths of Jesus Christ. So when Gamaliel says that question, he asks that question to us, we can stand confident and say, I know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know that he is the head of the church. And I know that the church is bigger. Would you stand with me? We're going to recite some words that have been spoken for thousands of years. The church, the whole church, not just the church in America, not just the church of the today, but the church, Christ church, has repeated and uttered for, since its existence, the truths that we stand on. I want us to say them together. Would you repeat these words with me? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Christ, God's Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.